going on, Austin surrounding areas? Hey, wherever you are, this is the grapevine. As always, I am Giannis Banks, and I am here <laughs> with my sensational co-host, Miss Nikki Wooding. How are you doing, ma'am? Sensationally. I'm doing awesome. I'm a little tired, but... <laughs> I'm here. All right, that's what matters. Yes, yes. How are you? Yep, same. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. I'm here. I think, even as a country, I think we're emotionally, mentally, probably physically fatigued right now. I just think that we have spent a year uh-huh. inside in the pandemic, and I feel like. We are outside, or no, not a year, uh, two years, excuse mm-hmm. me, in the pandemic. Not saying that it's ended, it's still going on, but we're not in quarantine and everything anymore. And I feel like the world has gone like zero to 100 real quick. And it's like every day trying to keep up with everything going on outside of our respective homes and everything. And then even trying to manage home too. It's just a lot. Especially the past two weeks or so. I know. I think that's what's really gotten everybody. Folks was getting used to being back out. And, right. And doing things outdoors again with summertime. So like, hey, we can go back outside. Right. Here. And yeah, these past two weeks have just been emotionally and physically draining mm-hmm. on a, a lot of people. Matter of fact, a friend had to text me to be like, stop watching the news. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm stuck with it. I can't. I, I gotta watch this. Like, I can't turn the channel at this moment and you know sometimes we do need to unplug and take a break but i don't know unfortunately i just couldn't for this past two weeks or two, so, two yeah. weeks but especially yeah over this weekend yeah and i feel like for our listeners and for each other we need to make sure we do our own mental health check and inventory you're right social media and everything it is so draining and i never thought about like how you're on social media you're processing images you're processing information and it's just a lot even that's why i've taken a huge step back for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. And just to, even though we do this show, even though there's conversations that go on about the news or the current events in the world, I have to have that opportunity to disconnect. That social media can be so absorbing. Just reminding people, it's okay to take a break. Whether, you know, whatever you need to take a break from, it doesn't have to be necessarily social media, right? Mm-hmm. But just to do that mental health check for yourself and the self-care, I know it's so cliche, People say, you know, don't forget to self-care. And we're still trying to define what that means exactly. Sure. But I'll just say, just take care of yourself. And whatever that means for you, please do that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of friends taking vacations right now, especially a lot of coworkers are out on vacations and going somewhere and doing something. And, you know, if, if you're able to leave, I know planes and tickets, especially in the Austin area, has been kind of kind of crazy as of late. But if, I mean, if you don't have to fly, if that's not your thing, if you're just able to get away and disconnect, even if it is staying in town or just somewhere else, or close by town mm-hmm. and disconnect from work. Don't look at emails, respond to text messages, whatever chat system you have for work and say, you know what, this is, yeah. I'm disconnecting for a few days because I need to recharge. Yeah. Do that. You know, yeah, mental health. Nobody can tell you how self-care works for you mm-hmm. better than you. Mm-hmm. If your self-care is doing gardening or working in your yard, don't let anybody tell you, nah, man, just relax. If that's what calms you down, take time off and go work in your yard. If that's your that's your zen, if that's your peace, if that's where you're happy. Mm-hmm. Do what's gonna make you feel your best. Right. As long as it's legal. Right. You know, before we get into the stories and current events and everything, let's do a little bit of housekeeping first. Is that okay? All right. All right. You can follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. at The Grapevine Talk and Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. If you're taking a break from social media, it's okay. We're still on podcast platforms. That includes Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, everything your mama listened to, we own it. We own it. Mm. So check us out so you can hear the full show here on KZI. Of course, you get the abbreviated 30-minute show, but there's so much more that you don't want to miss. 
All right, done with housekeeping. I put the broom away. I know that we just talked about mental health and self-care. Let's talk about where this whole conversation stems from because these two weeks, whew, it's been a lot. Right. We had the shooting in Buffalo mm-hmm. that killed 10 people there in Buffalo. We talked about that the last time we were on, about the victims that died in that shooting. But you know, one thing that has been highlighted from this situation is as well from the racism, white supremacy, and things of that nature, is the food deserts and how they're plaguing communities. So if you're not familiar with the term food desert, we did talk about it, I know, briefly, when the shooting had just happened. It's an area of people that have limited access to a variety of healthy and affordable food. Right. So in this situation in Buffalo, Tops, that was the grocery store. I would equate that to like their watering hole for the community. This is where everyone went to get their food, their groceries, and everything else. And they've been closed for the foreseeable future as the authorities have continued to investigate the shooting and there has been limited access to healthy and affordable food. Now it's a desert because a lot of people in the community are having trouble just feeding their families because they can't access food. And of course they are looking to reopen that store and it looks like the community is, is kind of torn from it. But food deserts are serious, right? You know we have some here in Travis County in the Austin area, particularly over in the Northeast and even Southeast as well. Typically they t- tend to be either with low income or people of color mm-hmm. are located. And this is, you know, painting that highlight on, on the community of, of the need for having and this is no knock on tops I don't know anything about tops and their groceries right right uh, but of course it definitely had an impact when they had to close down because the families didn't have to go anywhere to go the food desert component is there and I think a lot of people don't want them to get lost as well in the conversation of right. gun reform about what needs to be done and even dealing with domestic terrorists right and some of the victims I believe were started to be laid to rest last week Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think it was about the same day as the shooting in Uvalde took place. We move around a lot because there's always something happening, right? So many issues. Definitely a sentiment or a group of people who are just like, want to make sure we don't forget about Buffalo. Right. As both of them are tragic. I mean, right. both populations where you're dealing with some of the one people, the population of people who need the most help and support, whether it's the elderly and the kids. Mm-hmm want to make sure that Buffalo is not forgotten in, in this conversation of as we're moving forward because there's still help and support they need as well, whether it's going to be counseling and, and whatnot. So. And even piggybacking off what you said, the funeral for one of the victims, Ruth Whitfield, was on May 28th. And Vice President Kamala Harris and Reverend Al Sharpton were in attendance, and specifically Al Sharpton is the attorney for the family. In one of Vice President Harris's statements, she was saying that but the nation is experiencing an epidemic of hate. There's just so much going on, and it's so tied to just the anger. I don't know whether it's been built in over this pandemic, and it's now being expressed or executed and causing the untimely deaths of so many, but it's just a plague that's going on. And it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. because we came off two years and we had lower numbers of murder rates. And people said during the pandemic, there were no school shootings. Also, you had people even able to express themselves with their voices when we had the different protests that was going on and everything. Right. And it just feels like night and day from where we were just a year ago, let's just use that, into now. and. Yes, in my comparison, we were in the midst of a pandemic, but maybe she's right in the sense that that was a pandemic, but we're in the midst of really an epidemic of hate. We've been here for a while, right? That epidemic, pandemic of hate, whatever you want to call it. And COVID, it brought a break to some of it. It highlighted some of it. It showed who we are, what we are as a country, if you want to, even as a planet. And I mean, this part doesn't have anything to do with racism, but remember when folks stopped going out, we was all pretty much locked down across the world, right? You had animals starting to come back to places Uh and you had pictures of where some cities, the air was even cleaner, the water was cleaner. Like stuff was better when we weren't involved for for the most part, right? And I I think that's what you get from that. We are, if you watch Avengers, we are a plague. 
it seems, and it's been ignored, and it still is ignored, the impact of institutional racism, racism in the military, racism in the cops, you know, racism is just all around, but you're starting to see, I guess, maybe some people paying better attention or more attention to it, where it's not this thing, and there's always going to be people like, well, if you just ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> it ain't going away if you ignore it. It's a cancer, right? If you ignore a cancer, what does it do? Fester. Spreads. It grows. It spreads. Yep. You have to treat the cancer. You can't ignore a cancer. And maybe something will come out of this where more attention and more focus is, is on this. I know when President Trump was in office, I think they took white supremacists out of some of the FBI stuff. And hopefully that put back in there as, as far as what you know, some of these issues are when it comes to domestic terrorism. And taking it for what it is, seeing it for what it is, and actually having some serious actions behind it. And not just the conversations. Conversations are going to be good. They're going to be needed. But there's going to have to be something done to do something with this cancer. Yeah, I mean, we got we have to do something, and you touched on our, our next area, which is the Uvalde shootings. It was just heartbreaking hearing of the stories, and I know that most of the listeners, you've heard about what happened. I don't think we have to reiterate right. everything that happened. You know, 19 students, kids, and two adults were killed in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary out in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. I guess the frustration is there's so much missteps. There's so many misspeaking, I guess. We'll say it like that. I don't know if it's misspeaking or just flat out lies. Mm-hmm. I don't know intentions, so I don't know what to frame that as at, right at this moment. But I hope that we don't lose sight of the kids in this situation, too. Like We have a school full of children that are traumatized. We have families that are without their kids. And it just feels like the outside issues or even which I feel like should be pretty standard, the investigations mm-hmm. are causing more distraction and frustration in this whole situation. This was a tragic situation. You talk to most people. This was a preventable situation, mm-hmm. a preventable incident that we're not trying to prevent. I think for a lot of folks, the frustration is you hear people in leadership of the state saying, well, we can't stop it. We can only try to do better next time. And that is a state that is supposed to be so proud. Like, there's no prouder state in all the states I've been in than, like, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to accept that there's going to be kids killed and there's nothing we can do about it? That's that's what scares me the most, Giannis, just to be quite honest, is that we've become so numb. Mm-hmm. And when talking to some people, I understand the frustration that there's little that has been done in regards to these shootings, how to prevent them, and laws that can be put in place to help the prevention. But it's concerning to me that it's just like, hey, let we need to get over it. And almost preparing our minds to hear about the next school shooting. And that is so disheartening that even when someone can even grieve in the process, it's looked at like you need to move on. And that just shows the mental health check that we need as a society. Mm -hmm. Where are we? Who are we? And we have 19 babies that lost their lives the same age of my child. That just blows my mind. We have Nivea Bravo. She was 10 years old. Jackie Cazares, nine. You have McKenna Elrod, 10 years old. Jose Flores Jr., 10. Ileana or Ellie Garcia, nine years old. Teacher Irma Garcia, she passed and her husband died the next day as well. They say heart attack, but you know, they say from a broken heart. Right. And they left four. Four kids. Four kids. Four children. They had four kids that also lost their mom and dad. And then we have Uzziah Garcia, who's 10 years old. Amory Joe Garcia, 10. Xavier Lopez, Cadence, 10 years old as well. You have Tess Mata, 10 years old. I mean, these are babies, y'all. Yeah. Miranda Mathis, 11. Eva Morales, 44 years old. She was one of the teachers as well and had been teaching for 17 years. Alithia Ramirez, if Annabelle Rodriguez, Mate Rodriguez, Alexandria Rubio, and Lena Salazar, Jalea Sagrillo, Eliana Torres, Rogelio Torres. I wanted y'all to just hear the names and the ages of these babies that have gained their wings. 
and through an unfortunate and tragic situation just to hear about the 911 call that one of them made and to find out that they were in the room pleading for the police to help and to see video now of parents trying to get inside the building while they probably heard the gunshots and the cries of their children. Oh yeah. It is so triggering and just tragic all the way around. Ugh. It's been hard to watch and pay attention to, especially with something new. It's like every day, bits of information every day. I know the 911 call, I think ABC has gotten a copy of that, so they have that audio of yep. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you hear the conversations of some of these elected, and it's very laissez-faire attitude, I would say, very flippant attitude. I, I will say to it, we're going to figure something out, but off the rip, there's some stuff we're not going to even allow to be on the table. And right. it becomes that even the governor is speaking out both sides of his face. Right. Know, where he was yes. at the NRA and he did their recorded speech about how there is no law that can stop these shootings from happening. You know, he broke the law when he was on campus with a gun and you see still what happened. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the families that same day and spoke in person, he's talking about, well, everything's on the table. You know, there could be a special session. He didn't say there would be. Right. right. He's going to teach them a little bit there could be a special session and we'll look at different laws still not saying everything you know we'll look at stuff there'll be committees formed and we'll have these conversations and i think people are tired of committees being formed and these conversations being had because we've had our fair share of shootings here in texas right whether it's been school church mall whatever yeah we've had it right and we've had committees formed after every time and Mm -hmm. with the state and even on the national level there's stuff that folks like well we drawing the line on this we not we can have a conversation and they came you know right out and said this is a mental health thing before anything was done before anything was talked about discovered this is a, a mental health thing and they're running with that instead of saying we have to look at a holistic picture it can't be one or the other no matter what side you're on and you've seen people be frustrated and, and there's some people who call themselves nra republicans and the guy is just like well, i'm having second thoughts about having my ar-15 right like why do i need this right and i mean that's why i think beto o'rourke when he interrupted governor Governor abbott's press conference people were saying was that the time and i think that kind of goes along with what you're saying is that there's been plenty of times i had this conversation and they keep either passing the buck or kicking you know kicking it down kicking the can right they always say this is not the time right for politics this is a time for mourning right but then when the time for politics you don't want to talk about it we've been mourning since sandy hook that's right but from columbine right and it's just like when is the time to have a discussion about this stuff out of respect, even better, I don't believe any families or anybody else was in the room. They were all, you know, if you want to be political, they were all standing there. I don't really see them inviting any other side of the aisle (laughs) into the press conference. So it was just like, look, when can we have this talk? When can we sit down and have these conversations? Even when you said about the mental health, am I wrong or is Abbott the one that's trying to decrease he, not trying, he did. Okay, he medical did. Ca- medical care access. Mm-hmm. It's been on a decline, you can even say since 2011 and probably before that, but I can mm-hmm. definitely tell you since the 2011 legislative session, they've been doing cut mental health funding. Mm-hmm. Even parts of the Affordable Care Act that would help with a lot of issues, they didn't want that money. Right. Mental health was not an issue. Like It was something that they weren't rolling with. And now all of a sudden, well, we'll just pin it on mental health. And, and But you don't, he doesn't do anything to help provide access for one, diagnosis, and two, treatment. So then if you're gonna sit here and have a whole press conference about mental health and there's a lack of mental health access, you have to look in the mirror and say you're the reason for it. Abbott? When when it happened, I've said it to you and many people, those folks who were on the stage with them. Right. Those are the ones who are in leadership positions in the state. Lieutenant Governor, you had the Speaker of the House. He's the new Speaker of the House, but I think he was part of the House two, three years ago as well, four years ago. I believe I'd have to check, but he's the current Speaker. And so you had the three heads of the state, if Mm -hmm. you will. Governor, Lieutenant Governor, Speaker of the House. This falls on them. Definitely falls on Abbott and I can definitely say Abbott and Dan Patrick because they were been in power long enough for if they wanted to do something, they could. Right. And they've demonstrated, both of them, when they want something, they make it happen. Correct. They will get what they want. But this past session, Abbott kept calling special sessions because he wasn't getting what he wanted. He's shown what he would do if he don't do what he wants. Right. right. So at a certain point, they do have to look at themselves and saying, what, what are we doing? What are we really doing? 
We can't just keep saying, well, it's this fault and that fault. And I'm hoping voters will take a look to see what's really going on. Like, what is really happening? We keep sending folks back and you're not doing anything and the response you get you're getting from them is well it's but, we can't stop it but we can't I, I could it. i i believe that it's even safe to say that this administration or with abbott and his administration you are exacerbating the issue because if you're going to pin this on mental health and not provide access to mental health then people remain undiagnosed and untreated and things like this may occur. Then on the other hand, you have a lack of gun reform or control. Mm -hmm. And so we have people that have not been treated for mental health, access to guns, and then things like this happen. Mm -hmm. We have to take a look in the mirror, Mr. Abbott, and figure out, hey, the things that you're doing are part of the problem. You sat there on stage and literally just told us you are the problem. You, Dan Patrick, you ain't getting a pass on this. You, right. You right in the mix. Don't try to hide. Like, this <laughs> is at y'all feet. The legislature, right. this is at your doorstep. I posted on Twitter, you know, blood is on your hands. This is blood on your hands. And this ain't even trying to make anything political. It's just people are fed up and they're tired. Beyond of, fed up. Of not seeing anything. I feel like, and I, I meant to research it before we did this, but it seems like the Second Amendment is the only amendment that they want to be untouchable. All of them, it seems like, have been touched one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to voting rights, mm -hmm. there's ways they restrict people's voting rights. You get a felony, cool, we ain't gonna let you vote because they knew who that would impact. Mm -hmm. Even though you've paid your price and you can be good for X amount of years, there's still states like, yeah, you had a felony way back when. You may be 50 mm -hmm. and have been in no trouble since you were 18 but guess what nope. you're never Can't gonna vote, vote again mm -hmm. so we have and this is supposed to be one of your god-given rights to vote as they say it is with the second amendment but it seems like you talk as soon as you bring that up folks are like oh, nope can't touch it it is seems to be the only one that is like, nope, can't touch it. They want to even change how you become a citizen in the U.S. They was talking about that when Trump was in office. Because, you know, you born here, you're supposed to be good. Right. Or you have a parent that's from here, you're a citizen, right? Mm -hmm. They even wanted to change that. And I think we can't keep running and hiding saying, well, this constitution that was written all these years ago, this is what they wanted. And it's not even all that it says. We can't touch it. We can't change it. It sucks. Wish we could do something, but it's in the constitution. And they act like that thing hasn't been ratified amended change had additions added on to it okay since it was first written we can't keep sitting back and accepting second amendment what you want to do and you can't be able to try to speak out of both sides of your mouth and say i care for what's happening to these students to these kids to the elderly to regular people mm -hmm. and then be like well i mean we, we could try but then you're gonna infringe on this we've seen them try stuff just to have it challenged in the Supreme Court to see if it will pass or not. Right. And so you can't sit back and act like, well, we do it. It's just going to be challenged in the Supreme Court. You've done that before. Hmm. Pass yes. laws just so somebody can challenge it in the yep. Supreme Court because yep. you knew they would challenge it in the Supreme Court. Yep. We want to see how far we can go. Let's see the, how far we can go. The abortion case. Abortion cases. It's that we been bomb right now. Right you know? now. So, I mean, Higher you're right. cases when it yep. comes to affirmative action. Immigration. Immigration. Everything. You name it, you've yep. done it. And so I'm hoping people are paying attention, whatever your political leanings are, and seeing that we can't continue to have these conversations. We can't continue to have committees. We can't continue to have thoughts and prayers. Because at this point, your thoughts and prayers mean nothing. Zero. Right? Yes. It's the typical, oh, I, I thought some prayers. Nobody is more hurt than me. And only time you said you was livid is when you feel like the officers lied to you. I'm livid. They lied at me. Well, why won't you live it? Because the stuff you're doing ain't working. Right. Because it's so circular. Right. Every, his whole issue is cir circles right back to him. It's all circular. Like, and I'm glad you brought up that he's living with this whole allegedly. police. I say allegedly. He said it, but I say allegedly he's living. Right. I'm sorry. Ooh. Yes, because that's true. Because you know what? I don't even know the authenticity of that either. It's just like, yeah, you're livid, but hey, we had to pressure you on social media to not go to an NRA conference. Yeah. It wasn't like it was thought of then because didn't he leave in order to go? He went to a fundraiser and he still figured out a way that he could be at the NRA conference without being at the NRA conference. So I don't even give him credit for that going in person. Right. You still recorded a video and talked about how no law can stop what had happened. So you get no pass for that. 
like at all but you and none of your people but you know what that's also mind-blowing no law could have stopped what had happened but again he focuses on mental health and his own law caused this to happen why do we have any laws to govern us to keep us but if it's not going to stop a crime from happening why even have it on the books oh oh okay we're hypothetical right now why do we have a speed limit? They don't stop people from speeding, but you always want to try to regulate the speed and say, well, we need to lower it. We need to raise it. We need right. To, why do we have, if it's not going to work and it's not effective, why is it on the books? Got Especially it. if you're from small government. Yeah. Why is it on the book, right? Yeah. You can't sit here and say that because anyway. I know. I think that you, and I don't know if maybe it's in my voice as well. I think we're just all frustrated. These kids were the same age as my child. I don't, this yeah. was the most triggering. And maybe I'll be the first to be open about it. I, I become immune to a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. The things that should have been triggering me, I'm looking back and it's just all like, that didn't even phase me the way it should have. Yeah. And then this happened and I think I cried all night long. It was just like, wow. Yeah. I held my daughter so tight that night. A lot of I was so scared to allow her to go to school the next morning. A lot of parents. I kept her there and she had to finally beg me to take her to school. Right. Because I was so scared and I cried going home. I cried leaving my baby at school and not because I don't think she's safe at the, at the well, I don't know. You I, know what? That's what it is. I don't, don't know. know. Like you, because the argument they make is the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Who's a good guy with a gun? Do they come with a good guy badge? Yeah, supposedly. But oh. they, they stand outside and watch while it happens and tase the parents who are trying to go in and save their kids since they won't. So How did they, we even get they, in that situation? They do have a badge. Right. Oh. And that's the thing. And Buffalo, right? tragically, you had a good guy from gun. He at least tried. The brother tried. Oh, I Stop. thought you meant the shooter. No, right. you're talking about the security guard. The security guard. guard. Okay. He at least tried, right? right? He saw old buddy had body armor on, but was like, I can't just let this happen. Mm -hmm. I got to do something. These guys with tactical training. Yep. You have families, parents who are like, no, my kid is in there. If you don't want to go, let me go. Well, for your own safety, we can't let This ain't about my safety no more. Mm -hmm. My child is in there, and I need to make sure, or at least die trying, that they're going to come out alive or come out okay. And if not, don't matter. I'm going in. When you're doing that, they have a resource officer. What was the place down in Florida? They had a resource officer. Mm -hmm. We've seen how that really doesn't work but the conversation is like well we need more we need more guns and more arms and we just have one way in one way out and fire hazard reasons why that don't work but he must his brain was was must have been in cancun it's that frustration and look and all honestly there was stuff that i was reading that i made sure i didn't send you just for the simple fact that i was not trying to trigger you or i didn't want you to see some of the stuff i was reading because mm -hmm. i'm like oh she like when we talked i said oh you your daughter is they age. You right. don't, some of the stuff, I'll take it for the team and read this and be like, yo. You know, even the crowd, their mood Abbott was President Biden. They made their visit on was it Sunday, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Abbott showed up too afterwards and he was getting booed by the crowd there. Like, yo, this, you can't be the leader and just try to ride good times and not take these bads, right? You don't get to ignore these, but, you know, I digress. That whole community gotta make sure buffalo is taken care of with having the resources they need the therapy they need and this community where small town and every story you read somebody knows somebody that's connected to the shooting one way or the other right. whether it's their relative or they grew up as a friend of the teacher or whatever they're going to need help and i was even reading about the coroner today who was the justice of the peace because you know small town that's who does it and he said i would never describe what i saw because nobody should ever have to see that just know it was horrendous and if you look up what an ar-15 does to somebody's body it explodes it right it's not a normal shot you see in the movie boom boom and you did no it can make it look like i can't identify you that's why they have to do dna tests of these parents yeah. so they can identify their kids you can have your guns that's fine but stuff like this if you need an AR-15 to defend your house, you, you doing something you shouldn't be doing. Or you somewhere you shouldn't be. Right, like, I, I need to protect my house. You talk to soldiers and they talk about the training they have to go through to use that gun. They don't just get an AR-15 in the Army. There's actual training tests, the whole nine, that they have to go through to show proficiency of shooting before they're given that gun. 
Right. We've been seeing copycat shootings pop, or not shootings, but attempts popping up. But all the shootings, this has been the weapon of choice because it does so much damage in a short amount of time. Right. I think you touched on it as well. The police and these missteps, if you want to call them that. It is frustrating to hear about these parents that were sitting outside. Did you see the timeline? Timeline ain't helping them at all. I mean, an hour he was inside there? Yeah, kids still calling. Right, and then the police come out at first. You saw the press conference. We all saw the press conference. Oh, we had two officers in there. There was a rock at the door that was holding the door open, and the teacher left it open. Now she didn't. Now she didn't. Now to find out that she closed it. Also to find out there weren't officers in there after all. Yeah. So it's just like, what in the world? The resource officer drove past the guy when he first got there. Right. And it's just like, wait, what in the world is going on that this communication between the department is so lackluster that you can't even get the facts correct? Simple facts. I mean, this was all make-believe at a press conference. The police lied to us on TV uh-huh. and told us a whole story, and we had been days of retracting all this mess. Right, and as the story is currently going, those who broke in, uh, broke down the barricade, if you will, and got in and, and, and did the shooting, they did that going against the orders of law enforcement. So, right. No, hold on. Because they were told to stand down. Right, they're like, there's children in here still. Correct. Stand down for what? Right, like, and it's just like, even to the point where the teacher who they accused of having the rock at the door had to get an attorney to be able to get their story out and like say don't blame this on me i did what i had to do and i guess she has supporting video surveillance that shows that's how they proved it yeah right and so y'all pinned it on a teacher who was in the midst of this traumatic incident she called 911 exactly so it's a mess and now the chief is now city council on city council now and that talking to the DPS and of course the DOJ is going to do their own investigation which is needed. Right, so allegedly Uvalde Police nor the school district is cooperating with the investigation any further. They want to interview that chief some more and he's just not returning calls. He he MIA. I've told y'all all all I'm going to tell you. Right. He ain't... No, I don't like the way I'm being portrayed. You're being portrayed the way you acted apparently, my man. Right, but you just had training on this. And that's what else is driving people crazy. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. their SWAT team, there's a part-time SWAT team, right? Mm-hmm. But they had just did training and going through the schools there in Uvalde, like I believe in January, for situations like this. Mm-hmm. They just did training, posted on Facebook with their guns and their vests and how they're doing training and protecting. And when it hit the fan, mm-hmm. man, where were you? Right. Like, where were you? Because yep. for a lot of parents, their question is, could my child have been saved? If you had acted, would my child still be here? Right. And it's a fair question. It's an honest question. You had the young girl who had to smear blood. Let's not even talk about the therapy she's going to need, how she had to smear her friend's blood on her and say dead. So she, oh, yes. she had got bullet fragments in her back. Mm-hmm. But she had to have to, she was on the phone calling saying, we still here, help, help, help. Right. Realized help ain't coming. Thankfully for her, she was smart enough to say, okay, let me do this. You had the other kid that was underneath the blanket under their desk, hiding from them with some friends and trying to make sure they stay quiet so he doesn't shoot them. But he heard a girl get shot because the cops came in and said, say something, you need help. She said, help. And the gunman came in there and killed her. And they heard that. Wow. There's going to be so much therapy that that, that community is going to need. But can they access it, though? Uvalde County is one of our poorest counties in the state of Texas. This is a So what do you do to go get mental health treatment if your governor is trying to take it away from you already? There's some emergency funding that he can grant access to and he needs to. What, for a limited time? For, for, I don't remember how long that money can go for because when it comes to disasters or whatever, it, can, it could go for a while. And I don't remember how much it is, but they're going to need some lifelong therapy more than likely. Yeah. Not just the kids. The family. The families. Yeah friends yeah. of folks who was there, folks who had to work the scene mm-hmm. and what they 
saw. Right. You talk about PTSD for some of the soldiers who come back from stuff they've seen. Right. Very well from the aftermath of what happened. We, we've talked, and I wanted, I wasn't going to touch it, but it has to be touched because we talked about the exodus of teachers before this, right? Well, yep. Because the conversation is coming back up again. We need to give all teachers guns. Yep. That, I mean, it reminds you, and if you haven't heard, there was a march that happened this week mm -hmm. here in Austin. Mm -hmm. They marched to Senator Ted Cruz's Austin office on Tuesday. Yeah. And they called on him to take further action in response to the shooting. It doesn't involve giving them guns. Yes. So they were members of the Texas American Federation of Teachers, mm -hmm. who represent nearly 70,000 teachers in the state. Yeah. And they're frustrated too, because not only are a lot of them parents as well, but now they, they work in a danger zone. Sure. Because you we hear, have to do something. You do. You hear the story of the two teachers who passed, and they bodies were found shielding kids because yep. they were going to protect the kids the only way they knew how and could. I don't see giving them a gun. My mother was a teacher. And I I know good and well. No, fam. She wouldn't need to be with a gun trying to do that. Even as a parent, I don't know how comfortable I am if having a teacher having a gun. And we don't know, right, one is the training, and two, thanks to that limited access of mental health, we don't know if the pressures of teaching would cause them to snap. Yeah. And not saying that anybody, any teacher at all, will be put in that situation. But I'm just saying you never know. And you never know if they can actually pull that trick. Correct. Because as you're seeing, when it comes to the school shootings, normally it's a student. Whether they went there or not, what have you, or currently going there, that's been it. But it could be somebody that has some kind of affection for it. And I heard a principal that was talking, I think the one from Columbine, he was doing an interview and saying that the reason why he doesn't like this idea is like, well, because those kids were my students. Mm -hmm. I knew them. I can't see myself being able to pull the trigger to shoot them. It would have been for not profit if right. he gave me a gun because of how he feels about you know, his students, his kids. Mm -hmm. As a lot of educators will say, these are my kids, right? I don't see that as the answer. And, and truthfully, I don't even know what the answer is anymore. I know there's going to be their commission and committees. I don't know how much the legislator, the governor, lieutenant governor will listen to the recommendations. I don't know how these committees are going to be formed or made up. What these committees are going to do, let's just be honest. I mean, we can have as many committees as we want to have. At the end of the day, we just need action. It's just frustrating that we have people that are in office that want to put a document, the Constitution, that's been amended, ratified, has been revised however many times, but can't put that pen to it, that document, to help enact change against evil in these tragedies. Oh, and it's a shame. I don't want people to get complacent or just get tired of hearing about it. I want y'all to continue to be angry. Bring it to the polls. Yeah. In November, we need this reaction to come with us because we can't forget. We can't forget about these lives. We can't forget about the situation. And I don't want us overlook it and not talk about it and really bring to the forefront what the issues are underlying with these situations. I think a lot of times you have people who get caught up in singular issues, especially this day and age. And that becomes thing of you're only focused on this one issue when there's so many. Right. And I, yes, there's so many. And that's why it's hard to sift through. And I know it's a lot of mental fatigue, emotional fatigue, and we're just tired. But y'all, we got to keep going. We can't let this story and these children and teachers be subjected to this kind of lifestyle. We all deserve better. All right. It's triggered a lot of us. And I'm wondering, as a society, are we in a triggered society? Dual meaning. One is, if you heard about the recent quote-unquote false alarms that have happened, we had the incident at Marble Falls that they were put on lockdown after they believed it was a school shooting, but they didn't find anything. It was just balloons popping right. at a local store. Right, and then at the Barclays Arena, there were 16 people that were injured mm -hmm. due to a false alarm when people thought they heard gunshots mm -hmm. and ran for cover, and people were hurt during that stampede of people trying to get away right. from what they believed was a threat. Mm -hmm. It goes back into like the conversation we were having about this is just a time where we are all living on edge. Sure. And I think we kind of only talked about it in the realm of teachers now working in a danger zone at school and the concern of that mass exodus that could possibly happen from that. 
Right. But then also what it's like just living in society in America now. Yeah. We have grocery stores. We have to check over our shoulder. We have at these arenas and just at Walmarts having to look over our shoulder. When are we going to put our standard higher, our standard of living here in America higher, our peace of mind here in America? When are we going to focus on that again? We have copycats that are out there as well. And maybe I I always cringe when people say copycats because I don't know whether it's a copycat or they already had it in their heart to do it and they found the bravery to do it because they saw someone else do it. Right. But you had the student in Richardson up near Dallas Mm -hmm. that was found weapons in his vehicle. Mm -hmm. Then you had the fifth grader out in Florida Mm -hmm. who was making threats to school, claiming that he was going to shoot the school. Yeah, one down the street from here in Maynard. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. In Maynard, there was an incident there as well. Yeah. We have listeners from all over the country. I bet they probably have heard stories that haven't made national news as well of threats at the different schools. I know there's been a bunch. There's been a bunch. Yeah. Right. There was so many. And it's just we're triggered in a society that's trigger happy i think especially right now we're extra triggered as far as or what's happening around you from noise and sound mm-hmm. it's been span of two weeks you had these two mass shootings and one was at school one was at a grocery store which is why you have people trying to make sure this gun conversation mm-hmm. is not just focused on keeping the school safe which is very important mm-hmm. but also how do you keep these other places safe the grocery store wherever you are mm-hmm. right it's figuring that out because you want to be able to live your life being able to enjoy yourself and not having to look over your shoulder it's why people told you you shouldn't join a gang you join a gang you're gonna be spending your whole life looking over your shoulder or anything any loud pop you're always gonna be wondering what is that but also isn't that the american dream for life liberty liberty right in the pursuit of happiness yeah. How can I pursue happiness when I'm looking over my shoulder? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, you tell folks to not do a certain lifestyle so you can live a carefree way. And here we are for foreseeable future. You're going to have folks jumping in on edge yeah. because of what they show for some of the copycats and what has been happening. Folks are going to be on edge. What does that mean in a place where thankfully nothing extra crazy happened here in Texas because we know that anybody can have a gun if you want one, basically. Right. But if you're jumpy and you haven't had any training, you tend to be a little bit quick on your reaction, right? Mm -hmm. And it can go south so fast, but this is where we are and where we've been. I think we've been here for a while. It's just when these incidents happen, it, it goes up, right? And then it'll, it'll drop back down a little bit, The being aware to your surroundings and whatnot. But we shouldn't have to be on this roller coaster of emotion because that's how you become desensitized as well. Of just like, oh, it's happening again. It's happening again. Mm-hmm. We have to, as a country, we have to do better. We uh-huh. do. We do. We just have to do better. That's really all that can be said. That's all that energy I have to be said. I'm sure more can be said, but I don't want to see another news story, another gaggle of reporters converging to a town that you may have heard of or not heard of stationed somewhere because this is the next mass shooting Mm -hmm. and we go back to the same repeated conversations, the same repeated talking points, some updated statistics. I don't want to have to have another 48, 72, seven-day cycle of news where that's just what they're covering. They're just now getting back to talking about other things in the news, right? They're going back to Russia and Ukraine and inflation and whatnot, but it sure ain't the top story. I don't want to have to go through or have anybody have to go through what those families are going through. And even as a people, I mean, I had a buddy who put on Facebook, like when the shooting happened, he was desensitized until he saw friends posting pictures of their kids last day of school, last day being the last day of school. Yeah. And he like, I imagined if it was one of their kids and then I felt something. And we shouldn't, that shouldn't have to be, right? Like it, it shouldn't. We adults are supposed to be able to do better. I've seen kids telling off elected about do better. Mm-hmm. There's a city council meeting in, I think, Detroit or somewhere, up in Michigan somewhere. We're triggered and we're not getting treated for the symptoms. Mm-hmm. We have this disease, we have mm-hmm. this cancer that's been running rampant, and we're just not getting the treatment for it. And a lot of people are like, eh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to go and we're going to change subjects for a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. for a remainder of our show. Yep. So we're going to jump into a legal minute. 
So if you recall, Texas was suing social media companies saying that they were violating Texans' First Amendment rights by restricting users' posts based on their political views. Supreme Court has ruled that this Texas ban on the online platforms will be blocked. The court did grant an emergency stay on Tuesday from the tech companies that would block the law from continuing mm-hmm. in effect. Basically, we can go back to using our filters again. The tech companies will have the right to be able to remove posts and persons off their platforms if they feel like they violate their terms and conditions. I think that this lawsuit derives from some Republicans, such as former President Donald Trump mm-hmm. and Marjorie Greene, from their claims that they're being repressed online. Um, Joe Governor Abbott, he wanted this law to happen. Oh yeah, but in saying that these liberal tech companies are not doing enough to remove hate speech and other extremist content, and they are making content moderation decisions based on politics. So that's where this kind of stems from. The Supreme Court is saying, yeah, in a 5-4 decision, this is a split decision, which is really scary mm-hmm. in itself because that's just one justice next time this comes to court mm-hmm. is leaning to the other side and saying that something like this could go forward. Mm-hmm. So for now, the ban has been lifted. So I think that we probably all can go back to our filters and everything on social media. And they will continue with trying to do their checks and balances of what you're posting if it's true or not or right. violent rhetoric or inciting harm to somebody and look if you don't like it don't use their platform yes so this next story okay i saw it on social media you brought it to me as well kind of interesting because it deals with my trademark so i let you know i'm a ip attorney so this was in my arena miss diana from the dancing dolls if you're familiar with her she had a lifetime show where she had a dance group and they performed and the group of course was called the dancing dolls well that name was also being used at southern university for their dance team as well so there was like some back and forth that was going which i believe originated from southern university sending a cease and desist letter to her claiming that she was infringing on their trademark she came back and she showed off her trademark application on her social media and showed that she had filed an application for the fabulous dancing dolls the show ended back in 2019 but she says that she continues of course to use the name in connection to her dance studio and business the dancing dolls however had already filed an application and received registration for their trademark so the interesting thing about trademarks is it's a game up for who's first to file at the USPTO. In this instance, Southern was the first to file and they were first use in commerce. And what that means is basically in business since 1969, according to their application. What she showed on the video was actually just the trademark application. That wasn't the actual trademark registration. So while she was going off and telling Southern that they didn't know what they were talking about and she did what she had to do by filing her registration, really that's just the initial step before it's really examined by a trade mark examiner that is assigned to that application. Well, after y'all showed me that, I just did a quick search, the USPTO website, and it appears that her application, which was a 1B, which means she never had any business yet, she was intending to use the name Fabulous Dancing Dolls in correlation to, I guess, dancing, apparel, and things of that nature. And what those are called are called classes in the trademark world, because you have to specify exactly how you're going to be using that name. Like for instance, McDonald's, we know that for food, we wouldn't necessarily go there looking for a couch or a sofa, right? So those are two different classes. She had all these myriad of classes that she claimed that she had a trademark for. Her applications are now considered dead. So in the system, if it's considered dead, then you have no registration and they've already, whether they've reviewed it and rejected it or she's abandoned it for some other reason or withdrew her application for whatever means, it doesn't exist anymore. So the whole thing was smoke and mirrors because she filed that on the 23rd and it was already abandoned by May 26th. It's questionable of why she was on social media doing this whole hoopla 
when one trademark fights on probably what people want because that's usually millions and millions of dollars because it's a lot to prove in those cases and especially any profits that are lost because you get those damages as well in those type of cases. So it's a lot of money usually involved and not saying that she's broke, not saying that she doesn't have it, but is that worth the fight that she wants to have with Southern? I just thought that one was kind of interesting just being the fact that she made all this noise for what? It was already over days ago. Mm-hmm. So that was already done and you had already been rejected or withdrew your application, whatever it was. And I felt like she used social media for the hype, not necessarily having any substance. A lot of people use social media for that reason. It's true. Yeah, it's what social media is used for, hype, no substance. Right. For a a lot of folks. And maybe it brings her name back up into conversations again. Yeah, but I don't know why she had to insert the fact that, you know, she went to her HBCU, Jackson State, and this is what we're going to fight. And everything else is like, why you bring Jackson State into this mess? Like She said it taught her how to fight and stand up for yourself. And I don't know if she had talked to a lawyer or not, or just did the stuff on her own. I think she did it on her own because I think she when she showed the application mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was much but I, you know what nope take that back I forgot I did look at her application she did have an attorney that was with her on her this is another story of make sure you do a good trademark search get a good report back to make sure you understand your rights before you go ahead and file because let me tell you the USPTO does not give out refunds they want to make sure your lawyer knows what they do with apparently I don't know so. Yeah, that too. But speaking of trademarks, since we are in my little world, there was another story that came up that was pretty interesting to me. The University of Michigan, they're now allowing their student athletes to use their official trademarks and logos in their NIL endeavors. NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness that the athletes are now using to get endorsement deals and things of that nature and make money while they're in school. Prior to, you had to go to the schools to get licensing and be able to use the school's logos and things of that nature. And so what they did was kind of unique is they got a licensing agreement for all the student athletes in the 29 sports at the school to allow them to use their Block M logo and their winged helmet in their NIL deals. I think this will be something interesting that more schools roll out for their student athletes because when they go out there and do endorsements, they typically can't use the school's logo without the school's permission. Right. So they're out there doing these commercials and they have to wear generic jerseys or they may have like a little caption that says who they are. But they school colors. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing something like that. Right. It will be nice to see more of these agreements pop up, but it will be interesting to see if they're charging these students and how much they're charging for this licensing and if they're expecting something back from them. Yeah. Now, it's with this one agency, so I guess it has to all be done through them. So they couldn't just right. do it without the agency that the school had the agreement with. Right. We've talked about NIL deals and how stuff evolves, mm-hmm. how schools are trying to figure out ways to whether skirt around the idea of how it should work or how the way the NCAA wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. We've always said get your money. I'm sure this is something the NCAA has their eye on. I would bet money this is stemming from the little conversation or the little argument between Nick Saban and was it Jimbo Fisher at A&M and talking about how NIL deals and, and this, that, and the third. And Michigan like, well, yeah, you're in Texas, you're in Alabama. Alabama's not whatever. The school is Alabama. How can we compete with the money y'all gonna have coming in? Okay, we're gonna let y'all use our logo. Right. That is game changing. Right. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what the university cut they're getting out because I'm sure they're getting their share. Right. So the devil's in the details, but for a school to do that, yeah, that's major. And will the NCAA say something? Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet money they're going to come yeah, out and say, you know, they are. Say come something. On. So get it while they're getting good. Right. I guess. Yes. Definitely get this is the situation. Yes, get it while the getting's good because I can see that if other schools follow, they may take more drastic means. And so Michigan students take advantage right now. They may be getting a call from NCAA already. I know. Look, nope. Right. Spirit of the rule. Right. All right. So let's get into some black excellence. What you got? We know we like to end on good, happy notes. I love this show. And make sure we bring attention to folks who are doing good things. Yes. Uh, Because it's always easy to get the negative news. We have a young lady who is a gymnast. Mm -hmm. I believe she's going into her senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. 
but she, I guess, was really good. She was being recruited by the University of Arkansas right. to come do gymnastics there. Mm-hmm. She's an elite gymnast from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. and she decided she's going to turn down her commitment there in order to go to HBCU to be a part of the first ever women's gymnastic team at a historically black college or university. Yes, yeah, so Morgan Price is her name, mm-hmm. and she was set to attend the school after she graduated from Capel High School. But like you said, she had to change her heart. Yeah. She's gonna be a part of the first women's gymnastics team at Fisk. So this is not only a huge moment for her, but for the university in general as well. She wants to help inspire Mm -hmm. future athletes, black athletes to, to do this. Her quote is, when that opportunity came up for me, you know, the only thing on my mind was to support it because they did it for young people just like me. Mm-hmm. Wish her well, wish the university's program well, and love to see folks being first and, and doing great things. Also, interesting and exciting story, an opportunity coming available. HBCU medical students will be joining the clinical rotations with NFL team's medical staff this year. Four historically black colleges, medical schools will be selected for clinical rotations. Mm -hmm. So those schools are Charles Drew University of Medicine in Los Angeles, Howard University's College of Medicine in DC, Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, and Meharry Medical School in Nashville, Tennessee. Through these programs, they're hoping to increase diversity in these areas. Specifically, black medical students only make up 7.3% of the total in this country. And that figure has actually only risen less than 1% over the past 40 years. And of course, far lower than our black population here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So a total of 16 students will participate in the inaugural program. Yep. Two will go to the Falcons, Bengals, Chargers, Rams, Giants, 49ers, Titans, and in 2023, the program will expand to recruit students from additional academic institutions and medical disciplines. So if you are at these schools, make sure to put your name in the pot, in the mix. Uh Don't know if they've already selected them yet, but hey, make it happen. I have a feeling they probably have already with the season, off-season stuff kicking off and the season's going to be start relatively soon. Right. I'm pretty sure they had to have them apply and right. get this going. So you can be a part of the next group more than likely. But right. check it out and see. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. Right. Well, I mean, so it's, it's expanding next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more opportunities. So now that we put the bug in their ear, maybe they'll go ahead and, yeah. and heed what we're saying. Speaking of Meharry, mm-hmm. there's a Meharry student who will become the youngest black female graduate in the school's history. Wow. Uh, her name Wait, is... we already broke barriers with the weight. Hold on. Yeah. We did it at law school now. Remember a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, we talked about the young lady who was the youngest ever to graduate from law school. And now we have the youngest student ever to graduate, to graduate from, from this from medical school. Oh, this school. From Meharry. Got it. Medical College. Gotcha. Yeah, she's representing them, which, of course, is participating in the program for the NFL, right? Right. She started the school when she was 16. Her name is Zinzi Mm -hmm. Thompson. I hope I said her name right. Z-I-N-D-Z-I. Zinzi Thompson. She's now 21, and she walked, I guess, this past weekend or a couple weeks back, Mm -hmm. and that made her the youngest black female graduate in the school history. Wow. she comes from a family, a, a, a long line of Meharry graduates. When she was 13, what were you doing when you were 13? When she I was 13. Look, I wasn't graduating. She <laughs> enrolled at the gift in a gifted program at Mary Baldwin University in Virginia. Wow. She says she was one of the 20 gifted young women selected to earn a four-year degree through the program. Mm. Yeah, these kids. And her plans for the summer include a psychiatry residency program at Washington University Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis. Congratulations. Shout out to her. Yes. And you know what? I have to let you take this last story. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit, I have never seen a Star Wars movie. That's just a shame. In my entire life. What's the other one? Not Star Wars. Don't you dare. Star Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. I've never seen that show anything either. Like, I... How are we friends? I don't know. I don't understand this. I know when y'all talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm like, oh, okay. Is that the hairy guy or... What? If I had the ability, actually, I think I do have the ability to mute your mic, but still, <laughs> I'm not. And if you ever talked to any of my previous co-hosts, you would know that I am known for muting the mic. Um, <laughs> I'm power crazy. Yeah. So this one, I put it in black excellence. It's somewhat of a stretch, but, you know, rock with me for it. Okay. Um, I'm rocking. So Moses Ingram, mm-hmm. talented sister, she 
was on what was that show? Queen something. Oh, Queen Sugar. She was on. I think it was Queen Sugar, okay. where she got nominated for an Emmy for that. She mm-hmm. went to Yale for theater. Mm-hmm. She graduated from there. She's been doing some acting and she's playing a very pivotal role in the new Star Wars series that just came out on Disney Plus last week, mm-hmm. which was the highest rated Disney Plus premiere so far. Wow. Yeah, folks been waiting for the show for a minute. Okay. They rolled out with two episodes. Yeah. The only time I took a break from watching what happened with all the shootings mm-hmm. was to watch this. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, that was my break. I'm like, you know what? Y'all gonna be talking about this real quick. Let me watch these two shows and so y'all don't spoil anything for me. And hold on. Correction real quick. Okay. The Queen's Gambit, not Queen Sugar. I'd say she's talented. I thought she did a great job in the show. Okay. But unfortunately, as what happens with the sci-fi movies, especially with some of these older fan base or these fan base, I guess they don't like to see black people in science fiction movies. Mm. Even when this is a new character and that has nothing to do with nothing, as far as there hasn't been set up of how this person would look, mm-hmm. they went with a black woman. And as the internet likes to do, they start sending her hateful and angry messages. And she shared it on Instagram, some of the DMs that she were getting. Wow. N-word, the whole nine. Wow. Why folks were mad at her about doing that because she's on Star Wars? They idiots. I mean, the same thing happened with which one, Hallie and Chloe, when she was Ariel. Hallie and Chloe. Right. Uh, um, when they look. started doing the Star Wars, the, the new series. Oh, yeah, that guy. John Boyega, he had issues. Mm-hmm. Um, even when the conversation was even had about the James Bond mm-hmm. and the opportunity of it going to Idris. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was a whole uproar. Why would a black man take that role? Right. They yeah. had the, the, I think her name was Mary Tran, who was in Star Wars as well, mm-hmm. had a bigger role in the second of the new trilogy. She had to get off social media because she was getting racial slurs coming at her because folks think, I guess they weren't Asians that should be in Star Wars. I don't know. Wow. She had to quit social media for it. And Disney had notoriously been relatively quiet about mm-hmm. it. They may, you know, say a little something. Well, you know, they have a history of doing that. Right. Because even John Condom. Out about, about how they didn't really develop his character correctly and he's kind of right about that so the reason why i brought this one up though is that disney went full or at least star wars went full in and on their social media account has come out and said that this is not acceptable we're not going to allow this they said there are more than 20 million sentient species in the star wars galaxy don't choose to be a racist i know that's right we are proud to welcome moses ingram to the star wars family and excited for reva's story to unfold i know that's right. if anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome we have only one thing to say we resist come on and this is star wars or disney that's star wars okay which disney owns correct star wars so if you want to attribute it to them then you can and her statement, I, I don't know i think those are two different social media managers though. right but you know the way okay. disney's been acting maybe it is maybe it ain't but right they're gonna ride something right now they're they gonna ride it because nothing's happening star wars about disney saying yeah we cool with that Right. Right. It's it's Disney. They gonna control their stuff. Mm-hmm. Now she came out and said, "There's nothing anybody can do about this." And, and this is Moses. This is Moses. Okay. In a video she did to her social media, mm-hmm. uh, she says, "There's nothing anybody can do to stop this hate." I question my purpose and even being here in front of you saying that this is happening. I really don't know. The thing that bothers me is this feeling inside of myself that no one has told me, but this feeling that I have to shut up and take it, that I have to grin and bear it, mm. and I'm not built like that mm, so i wanted to come on and say thank you to the people who show up for me in the comments and the places that i'm not going to put myself and the rest of y'all y'all weird i know that's right sis now her co-stars in the series ewan mcgregor who plays obi-wan title character and i think he's also one of the producers he came out in support for her as well okay. so you had the lead man yeah, coming yeah. out there and yeah, yeah. says I, i'm not going for it she's right. a brilliant actor she's a brilliant woman and she's absolutely amazing in this series she brings so much. She brings so much to the franchise. It's sickened him to his stomach that this is happening. And as the lead actor he and executive producer, he wanted to say he's standing with her. They love yes. her. And if you're bullying her, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. I know that's right. And, other and actors, you know what? Go ahead. It's sad that we are in a society and it's going back and using Vice President Harris's words mm-hmm. of saying we're in the epidemic of hate. Yeah. Why would you even take time out of your day to say all this? Either if you don't like it, don't watch it. No. Like, it's just that simple to me. No. Have we made it that difficult? Social media lets you be anonymous and 
say whatever you want to say and you can't prove as me. Yeah, social media has given that unlimited access to whoever you want to talk about. Right. I can create a fake account. You can't track it to me. Mm-hmm. I say what I want to say. Right. You mentioned Star Trek and even one of the Star Trek actors came out in support of Moses Aww. and did a post saying this is Mo- Moses Ingram. She is a singular talent in her recent addition to the Star Wars universe. She has also been targeted by racists pretending to be fans because of her mere existence throws a skew dystopian fantasy that selectively omits the likes of the real Billy D. Williams and others, of course, Billy D. Williams and Star Wars. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got you. Lando He's all the way I looked at you like, like, why you bring him up? Why Lando. you, why, how did he get in this? Okay. Lando Calrissian, yeah. Uh, and Who? So, Lando Okay, y'all, I'm going to have to have a whole tutoring session. You are. (laughs) He says, we, the Trek family, have her back. And I wanted to make sure that we on this program as well have her back as we're talking about Black Excellence. And I know this part for her went kind of long, but I wanted to just let folks know what's happening with her and saying, we got your back, sister, as well. Yep. Go ahead and do your thing. Keep striving and inspiring people and, you know, shake them haters off. That's what we do. Yeah. That is what we do. But also, it's now the end of our show. Yes. And it was a wonderful time talking to you. I hope the listeners, we are still having these conversations about things that we want to change in our society. We have the conversations about the Black excellence that's still even within our society as well. But also, we love on each other and make sure your mental health check, you do that. As I used to always tell people, you know, check up on your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Like, really check up on your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the past about you, all right? Right. Mm-hmm. And when they ask you, actually answer the question. Don't just right. give the, yeah, I'm cool. Because you don't think anybody wants to hear what you're going through. And for a lot of folks, give them that hug. Make sure you hug somebody because you never know what they're going through. And, and honestly, a hug can really make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Right. Uh, and, and yeah. Can live, I think it's even been scientifically studied about what the like, impact hugs can have on, on people's psyche. So, of course, with permission, just don't be going up hugging strangers without <laughs> We live in a whole new era. You can't just be doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, check up on your loved ones and make sure they're good. And check up on each other. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Just want to remind everybody out there that you are loved and that you are needed and that you are a great asset to our society continue being you and we will check in with you next week for listening to the grapevine